Welcome to the Empowered Spirit Show. This is your host, Terry Ann Hyman. I'll explore the connection to the human spirit in a way that helps to navigate your life, including crisis. I am passionate about helping you to open up to your intuition and the metaphysical world of spirit to find your confidence and your own inner guidance. Take a pause, be inspired, learn ways to show up focused, centered, and more dynamic in your everyday life. Welcome back to the Empowered Spirit Show. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining me today. This episode is being brought to you by Forecast Salon, located in Homewood, Alabama. Forecast is a hair salon on a mission to shape a movement in the beauty industry, focusing on education, fashion, and creativity. Forecast strives to train stylists with the latest in education to provide their guests with the latest trends. Follow them on Instagram at Forecast Salon or find them online with their new online store at ForecastSalon.com and check out their latest and stylish innovation at Club Forecast Salon on Instagram. As this podcast goes to air, it is finally the autumn equinox, a day when we pause to allow the energy of a new season to come in. In the cosmic forces, it's the day when the sun is exactly above the equator, so day and night are of equal length. It is a day to perform a ritual. Consider lighting a candle, setting your intentions for the season, finding a community of people to join in, or maybe even sitting around a bonfire and taking time to express gratitude. It is a time to change up your sacred space, adorn your altar with bright colors, plants, and herbs that promote growth and healing. Symbols like apples and marigolds, pumpkins, ghosts, goblins, witches, fennel, mushrooms, plants from the outside this time of year make perfect conduits for intention setting at your altar and for use in these equinox rituals. The goals and intentions you set during this time can help you sustain your goals and carry you through the winter and into the spring. At a deeper spiritual level, the equinox is thought to represent the period of struggle between darkness and light, death and life. It occurs when night and day will be equal, and the journey of the sun to actually get there also signifies the journey of the universe. It is a time that we recognize the cycles of life. The trees show us this with the beauty of their leaves, and then they release their energy. Their leaves fall back to the earth. We also move into the Libra sun sign, represented by the scales of balance. Libra is an air sign, reminding us to balance all those thoughts of the mind, to really recognize where we are out of alignment, and bring our energy back to center. So my seven-day, seven-way meditation challenge started today, and it's not too late to join us. Each day in my Energy Mastery membership group, I will be going live at 7 a.m. Yes, I know, I know, it's early. But what better way to set your energy than join in early first thing in the morning? And each day I will offer a new meditation to help you build your practice. The membership also includes a virtual session with me each month, live teachings, beyond the challenge each week and new moon and full moon activations all for only $33 a month. Download the app on your phone and have it wherever you go. I know, I know you're saying, oh no, not another app, but this app is so different. It really is more about the membership and the community. And I am there with you live during the week, having these activations and helping you to understand more about your own spiritual development. 
or if you prefer private one-on-one time to create new deeper spiritual contracts to go a little deeper i only have a few more spots left in my empowered spirit private mentoring program schedule a spiritual makeover breakthrough call with me and let's see how these programs can help you links to both will be in the show notes in today's episode I wanted to talk about how important it is to notice your health right now. Changing seasons can bring out colds and other illnesses if you aren't aware of the changes around you. Your body, your mind, your emotions, and spirit are all affected with these seasonal changes. The weather shifts, the food we eat changes, so it is important to find this awareness. One of the things that has really helped me is my yoga practice. Yoga is a union of the body, mind, and soul. And to help with this, my guest today is Melanie Salvatore August. Her latest book is Yoga to Support Immunity, Mind, Body, Breathing Guide to Whole Health. And in this episode, we talk about yoga, building your immune system, awareness, habits we find ourselves in, Breathing, pranayama, apana, elimination, and integration for whole living. Before we jump into the conversation, let's take a moment to pause, center, and set an intention for this new season. So wherever you are, if you can, close your eyes. Taking a nice deep inhale, breathing up the body. And as you exhale, bring that breath all the way down, slowing down, grounding. Inhale, expanding through the belly and the side ribs, opening the breath. Exhale, pull the belly in, pull the breath in, release the breath all the way down, calling all your energy into you. Inhale, breathing up the body. And as you exhale, call in your spirit. Feel the spiritual body coming right on top of the physical body. Taking another deep inhale, breathing up the body. And as you exhale, drop right into the deepest part of your heart. Feel that connection with your spirit and the greater spirit, source, creator. Know that you are known, know that you are loved, supported, provided for. Feeling all this energy coming in as we call in. The masters, the teachers, the archangels for joy and love calling in the crystal beings for amusement and magnification, calling in your own spirit guides to hear the messages coming in for you. Taking another deep inhale and exhale, noticing all this awareness of energy, your guides all coming in, noticing this place right now as we go to change the seasons, finding that place of balance realigning your path, bringing forward the growth of summer, harvesting in this new season all those many things, offering the chance 
to recognize this cycle of life for you. Calling in this direction of the West where we find this season, where the sun sets every day, we do notice our struggles, our life, and we allow this to come forward right now as we open up to this brand new season. Calling in to the West, the North, the East and the South, above you, below you, right into that deepest part of your heart, setting an intention for this season. See it, hear it, feel it, know it. And allow those elevated emotions of how you want to feel to radiate out all around you, setting that energy, taking another deep inhale, and exhale, bringing that breath all the way back down, grounding, opening the heart, focusing the third eye. And as you're ready, bringing the awareness back, blinking the eyes open, coming back. So my guest today, Melanie Salvatore August, is an author, expert yoga teacher, Reiki master, certified yogic life coach, and mama of three wonderful boys. Mel meets students where they are with kindness, humor, and practical wisdom. She supports others to elevate their lives on and off the mat in an integrated and transformative way. Mel spent 18 years as a yoga works teacher and teacher trainer online in San Francisco, LA, and New York City, and is currently on the faculty of the Chopra 200-hour yoga teacher trainings as part of the IIN Institute of Integrative Nutrition. She also runs her own hybrid Mel Well studio with daily classes, yoga coaching programs, and both 200 and 300-hour teacher trainings. Mel is also a current ambassador for Lululemon. So let us welcome Mel to the show. Welcome, Mel. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Yes, I am very excited to talk to you about your work and especially about yoga. It's been a while since I've had a yoga guest on the show. So welcome. Thanks. So in your latest book, Yoga to Support Immunity, Mind, Body, Breathing Guides to Whole Health, you give us a lot of information, especially about the immune system. But before we jump into that, let's just ask and give our listeners a little backstory. What led you to writing this book? Because I see you've written others. Mm. Um. Yeah. What, what led to this book led to this book was really practicality um, was for me. Um, I'm a mom of three and, um, and around, you know, I think I had been sick for a really long time, actually. And I'll say that, it, it, you know, after my third birth, um, you know, birth is wonderful, but birth is traumatic. And, and um, my, my body kind of, it was like, that's it game over. And um and so I was diagnosed with Hashimoto thyroiditis, you know, a thyroid disease. I like to say I'm healing from it. I don't have it. It's not something I'm going to keep. Um, and what I will say is that the practices that I share have helped me incredibly. 
you know, from being literally on the floor, laying on the floor, trying not to fall asleep while I'm pushing a matchbox car, if boys, um, <laughs> you know, trying to just like stay present and help take care of my children. It was really hard. And so these were, these were the tools that I used in a very practical manner. And, you know, my other books are also super practical, but this book was much more dense um, because I'm much more healed. So it, to me, I'm like, wow, this is a much thicker book, much bigger book than my other books. And it was because, okay, I had more energy and, and had come out, you know, maybe not completely on the other side, but mostly on the other side. So how do we breathe? How do we move? How do we think? And maybe I should start with that. How do we think? Then how do we breathe? Then how do we move? And these are the things that are going to help us get off the floor. If you're on the floor. I like that it was practical. I really do. Because I remember um, after, gosh, after my mom died, it was the second of parents and then COVID and I had asthma, grief and asthma and I couldn't break it and I couldn't breathe. And and I really, I had to like, just like kind of take it into my own hands. Doctors wanted to give just the medicine, but the medicines all had side effects on me, but I needed something, but I couldn't figure out what. And so, yeah, it was. And breathing pranayama, as you talk about in your book, was very important to me and really digging in. And you talk about this in your book too, like really knowing your body and what is going on. And that really was my greatest teacher, which in again, for me, led me even to working with that with my clients. And how do we go in deep? I work in the spiritual world as well as yoga. Yoga involves spirituality, but it did help me to go in and see. And I think when we can learn from our own experiences, it can be so much more powerful for ourselves and for our students. For sure. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah. it's looking at our own habits. So that's really, if I had to say, what is this book? This is a habit book. This is a habit book, mm-hmm. acknowledging, understanding your habits, Svadhyaya self-study. Um, uh, and also then to help to add a habit that will help you become who you want to become. So yes, the health, healthier, more radiant, more energetic, clear, focused you, and also that who do you want to become in the world that is all those things and, right? Yeah, and, yeah. What led you to your first yoga class? Anxiety. Heavy duty anxiety, right? And I remember, <laughs> you know, if you ask someone like, oh, their first yoga class, I feel like that's such an, a potent question because for me, it was like seven years to get to the class, you know, something like that. And then when I got into the class, like I remember, and there was all kinds of, now I look back, funny things. It was a dark room. They had red light. I never actually got to see the teacher. It was so dark in there. It was packed. It was in um, in New York City. You know, it was, but there was a moment, and maybe it was a minute in Shavasana corpse pose that my mind stopped, that I, I quieted. And that was like, whoa, I really needed that. And then, of course, you go back and you go back and you go back and, you know, became a, a, a way of like, I just I just need to shut things off. Um, not for the exercise. You know, I was already fit, very fit, but it, it was for the quieting of my mind, for sure. Finding that peace, finding that union, which is what yoga means. Yeah. yeah. And I know sometimes people can get a little confused thinking it is just the physical practice. That's all it is, you know, but it is so much more. And your book shares a lot of that with mm-hmm. us. But I love that you focus on the immune system. In fact, one of the things you said is immunity is resilience against disease. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about mm-hmm. that. Well, then I think of disease is dis-ease. 
So resilience against dis-ease being not easeful. (laughs) So it's like, okay, how can we make, how can we work with the natural flow of things to create ease, to um, see where we're leaking, right? Leaking our energy, exhausting ourselves, right? So um, connecting your mind, your heart, and your actions, which is yoga, yoking it all together, creates ease. And it helps us be stronger. And uh, so, you know, that that kind of Resilience against disease, it sounds so official, but really my my view is it's very practical. It's like sunshine, you know, it's just like, it's go get, drink good water, exercise your body, put your face to the sunshine. These are like very practical, almost animal things. I agree. And I know that when COVID hit and the studios started shutting down here and there really wasn't a lot of people yet doing them online and I kind of stopped my practice. Also went through a little crash in the uh, Kundalini world, but I kind of stopped my practice. Mm. I was outside and I was walking, but I really kind of stopped my yoga practice and I began to notice how my body was falling apart. Mm. I began to notice my joints. I began to notice using the wrong parts of my body. So I do think the physical aspect for me was very important because I'm a big meditator and energy worker, but I do believe it all goes together because then the body starts falling apart. And then we start telling ourselves, oh, for me, it was, I'm getting old. I can't do this anymore. I'm never going to get back to my practice. And that's our mind. Like you said, what are you thinking? Right. And so once I started back in, and I think I mentioned before we hit record, like I kind of started back into just some basic Tibetan rights movements that the yogis do, that the monks do out of their meditation practice. And to me, that was like a basic form that helped bring me back. So I would do my meditations, but then the movement of the asanas, the movement through those forms helped to really pull it all through the body. And that became very important. And I started building my strength yeah, I love that. back again. I love that. You know, what I'm hearing also is that it's individual. You know, there's there's whatever is going to pull you back, whoever you are, the friends that are listening, whatever is going to pull the, the, you back into your body. And um, and it is uh, like a checklist, too, of like it helps your digestion. It's going to help flush out your joints. It's going to help move lymphatic fluid. And all of that stuff can sound very intimidating. And it's just get moving. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Because we may not have to know how the lymphatic system works or how it works. But I think like you say too, it's like noticing. Like for me, it was Mm. noticing my habits. What am I doing? What am I not doing? And I had this conversation with myself yesterday as I'm preparing for the new season. Okay, Tara, you know, how far off track have we gotten over the summer? You know, what are your habits now? What do we need to do to clean up? And I think that's important because I think we all can wander away, but it really is coming back. Right. And, you know, okay, here we go. The COVID's coming back. Right. And that's what they're saying. But I think that these kind of practices are so important right now to help build that immunity, to help protect us instead of just relying on what they're telling us, more vaccines, more this, more that, right? And this is the way that we can begin to take this into our own self, and like you said, individually, and build that resilience that is so important right now. It is so important. Yeah. And I love that that you mentioned like seasonal awareness. It's like a regular, it's like cleaning house. You're cleaning your inner house, your emotional house, your mental house your physical house. And it is uh, a practice. It is not a performance. It is not a one and done. It is a continuing 
that's then I go back to the habits. It's micro habits. What are the micro habits that you're doing each day? You know, how are you are you, are you stopping and breathing, right? Drinking that extra glass of water. Like I like anyone who's listening to us right now, if you have any doubt that you've had enough water today, I hope you literally while you're listening right now, go go pour and drink, right? It's just so many of us are dehydrated, right? And whatnot. So whatever micro habit of love you can incorporate is going to help you be stronger. I agree. And it is all a part of what yoga teaches us. It really is. And there's so many different forms now and so many different ways, but the basic structure and foundation is there for all of us. It involves the mind, the body, the emotions, the spirit, bringing that all together. And I think that's really key in our world today. It's not just one. And lots of times, you know, you'll see, you'll see people go to the gym. That's great. You know, what about your mind? You know, or maybe they'll meditate. And like, for me, it was like, I was doing so much meditation. What about the body? That's actually what led me into yoga was because I was meditating a lot and I needed to get up and move. I remember when there was like so much anger in me and yoga helped me move that out of the body right? I don't think I have that now, that same anger, but I know there was a lot of the times when I was practicing heavy, stronger, it was like, yeah, move it out, move it out. But that practice served me for a while. And now it's like finding the practice that does. And I think the ability to move and change and shift what your practice is, is important too. But for different times, it's like different seasons, different seasons of the year, but also different seasons of our life. Um, it makes me think of the sister science of Ayurveda, which I, I find so nourishing and, and interesting, right? Um, that, you know, we, it's, it's, it's always in a dynamic uh, relationship to the constantly changing elements of the, of the earth and of our, our the nature of the universe, like big words, right? But it's just, it's, we're constantly changing. Every day is different and every day we're yeah. And I agree. And it is a sister science. And that was part of our education, Ayurvedic principles and understanding how we can work with the seasons. And I, I work on the medicine wheel. I work on the land on a medicine wheel. And that teaches us the same thing. Every season has its purpose. And so, yeah, working in that kind of timing, you can, you know, shift up. Like I said, come back in. Here we go. New season. How do we want to shift it up for sure? So I do think that's all very important. Now, you have several different ways in your book about really kind of working with the book. And you talk about the three different sections. Tell us a little bit about how you divided up the book for us. Well, um, to, to yogi friends, this may have like, oh yeah. Or to non-yogi friends, you're like, what are you talking about now? But I actually was inspired to write the book and the practices through the pranic values or the product winds of life force and energy. And so that aspect of um, actual prana coming in and apana moving out. So a certain element of detox which also you know, continues in the samana, the, the kind of how we digest, how we di physically digest, right? Um, but also how we mentally and emotionally digest. You know? And then that aspect of how we express udana and you know, the, the, how it all circulates, Viana. So the five pranic winds were really what mm. inspired. And I felt that the, the, you know, the clarity was like how to bring it in, get clear. And so I wanted to start with that, that, that to me was like prana coming in and the detox section is, is apana, how important prana and apana, you know, that is digestion, you know, um, if we're taking in too much, but we're not eliminating, if we're, we're like literally like a colander and everything's going out of us on all the different levels, we're not able to retain our energy and our countenance. So 
all very important. And then the integration is really that, that next three, you know, like, okay, how are you going to move forward in the world? How are you expressing yourself? And that doesn't necessarily have to mean with words, but how are you creating in the world? And, uh, and, and how is that, you know, that whole movement of you feeling fulfilled as a being. So that came into three sections. So I put those five inspirations into three sections, which is clarity, and then detox, and then integration. And hopefully that's kind of integration section has a few more esoteric, it has more Kriyas, energy Kriyas and, and uh, tools like that. So I figure like, I also saw it as like, if you're new to yoga, you know, that first section, that's probably really going to speak to you and maybe the second section, but it starts to get a little more complex, you know, and then that third section, I kind of saw it as um, long term practitioners or even for teachers uh, to inspire them to integrate more. Yeah, I love that. And you even give ways to even help the students set themselves up for success. I hope so, because I, you know, I know how being, you know, someone who has um, have three kids at home, um, worked, you know, pretty much full time, sometimes beyond full time, live on a home, like an homestead homestead, where I have multiple other families, you know, in laws and other people that we were taking care of. And, you know, it's like a very full life. And, uh, you know, an hour and a half practice is a, a luxury more than a 25 minute practice is a luxury. Um, and so it's like, how do we just enter in wherever we can enter in, like start where you are, use what you have. And even if it's just like one extra glass of water, and when you're drinking that water, you are actually seeing yourself clear out your body and you're using that mind body intention. That's a wonderful first step, right? So I was really was trying to meet friends wherever they were. And are. I agree. I think that intention and I think noticing, I always say, notice what you notice, you know, at the end of your yoga class, take another moment and just like, how do I feel? How do I feel versus when I came in? Right. And I think that awareness is really important. The same for meditation, the same for the pranayama practice, like notice that clarity, notice the difference, notice how that third eye can really help you focus. I know I have the problem, little monkey mind me, I really do. And so it's something I know I constantly have to work with. It's just like, you know, that one pointed focus, bring it back in. And so through our breath and through these practices, it can help. And with so much information out in the world, we need to have discernment. We need to be able to focus in. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I absolutely agree. And I think for some friends, it's that realization that, they can notice that they aren't actually the thoughts that they aren't actually whatever's happening that, that you know, they, they can actually detach from it a bit and watch it happen. And then therefore make different choices. Um, I do remember a point in my life where that became a realization. And it was like, what? I can actually notice I, I, I can actually put a pause and a space in between the stimulus or the thought and the response. And, um, you know, that, that just is so empowering. Yeah. That pause is very, very empowering. Yeah. You know, big messages can come in during that quiet, you know, just like, even just like one new message can be like, wow, now I get it. Or, Oh, here's my path or, Oh, this is what I need to do. Because when we can take the pause, quiet the mind, we get out of the left brain 
Mm-hmm. And then we open up that creative force that does give us guidance and direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you call it, you know, so, you know, so whether you want to call it God or love or spirit or your higher self or inner wisdom or intuition, doesn't matter, but making the space to connect and to hear it. Uh, and then that question of like, how do you know to listen? Mel, I hear all kinds of things. Well, is it connected to love? Is it connected to compassion? Does it feel expansive? Or is it connected to fear or control? And and I would say like, go to the love, go to the compassion and the expansion and the gratitude. Um, and that's how you discern which to listen to. It is. You begin to know about your energy system, your energy field, your chakras, your auras, and all that's not going to happen in your first class. You know, it's not. And as you talk about in your book, you get a little bit more intense as you move through each of the chapters and sections. And that's what we want. We don't want to get overwhelmed. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to do yoga for two hours every day for the next month. Like, no, like just, you know, whatever little bit you can. And even like you said, we are busy, but finding that extra hour okay, maybe you can't do an hour, 20 minutes, you know, and just breaking it down for yourself just to feel better. And again, noticing how you feel. To me, that's the biggest thing. I remember the first time when I moved from New York to Birmingham, there was a Kundalini teacher here, Akasha. And I went to his morning sadhana. It was like 6 a.m. morning sadhana chanting and the whole bit. And it was like, oh my God. And he was doing major things. It was just him and I. It was the hardest class I ever took, but I felt so good. I felt bliss. I felt heart opening. Mm-hmm. I felt calm that I made myself go back in the middle of the class. I'm thinking, I'm never doing this again. What am I doing? But the results were so astounding that it's like, okay, yeah. let's give it another shot. Let's do this again. Yeah. 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 It's very potent. All the practices and and whether you understand yeah. them or not, it actually doesn't matter. <laughs> like it, the intellectual, uh, that, that that mind it really is not needed and it can it could be good sales like I put in this is going to help with this digestion and this lymphatic and this because it's good sales it's like oh okay I'll do it I, I, that sounds good right it's really just about doing it it is I talk about this with Reiki we can learn about it read about it all day long but it's the actual sitting still running your energy and being in that space. That's where we're going to notice the shifts and changes. And it's the same with yoga. It really is. But I do believe there is something to be said about reading more about the history. And you clued this in the book, talking about where the, you know, the eight limbs of yoga and talking about the other parts of it that really like, yeah, let me open my mind. Let me expand where I am and take this even deeper for my own practice. And we're all different. And like you said, you wanted to meet people where they were. I totally agree with that. You know, and I think finding the way in which we can bring this and make it more accessible is very, very important. And I think that's one of the reasons I love your book, because I think right now we need to find ways to help with our immune system to feel better and to really balance out that idea that we always have to give our power away. We have to listen to what the doctors say. We have to take the medicines they tell us. No, (laughs) no, we don't. We need to be able to listen to our body, like we said earlier, and know what's going on. And I think yoga, like we said, calms the mind. It quiets us down. We can start to feel, oh, what do my legs feel like? What do my heart feel like? You know, I'm working through, I'm working through <laughs> some plantar fasciitis. And it has been a real pain. It really has, but it is making me look at what is this about? Right side, pushing so hard. What am I doing? What am I resisting? How am I walking? So there is a lot to be said about when we have something going on 
looking beneath the surface and really slowing down. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, just side note, plantar fasciitis always to me brings up pelvic floor and, and that, you know, first and second chakra area. And, you know, so it's a very interesting, the arches of the feet are just so potently connected to that root. And then also the, the soft palate and the, you know, so it's, you know, here, all these gates, all these gateways to explore. So, but thank you for that because yeah. Because that is an important aspect for me to look at. And I do know that. I started swimming this summer to help me with uh, the hips and the sacrum, free it up. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I think that your book shows us so much. It gives us the idea of what is even clarity. You're talking about how to know your habits. You're talking about even, again, I love it, the idea of like, let's make it successful one step at a time. Get a journal. Notice what you notice. I think that's all so very important. And it is a personal practice. It is. It really is. And having the ability to either go to a class or you do a lot of your online teaching, which I'm going to ask you about in a minute, or whether you have a personal practice that you could do. I think it's all important. And there are many ways to access this practice. And I do believe your book has given us so many great ways to do that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So what is your hope for the book? What is your mission? You know, I think it goes beyond the book. I I, I love the book. The book is an offering. Um, it's kind of like a manual. To me, it's almost like not necessarily a teacher training manual, but a teach yourself yoga manual, Um, all the aspects of yoga. And I hope it helps out in the world. My other books, Fierce Kindness and Kitchen Yoga, have the same, you know, the same aspect of uh, just to be of service, to be help. Um, I've healed a lot. I have been able with this practice and the, the just all the different aspects of things that I'm very grateful for have been able to heal myself from being very much in despair. And, you know, and being at points where I was very close to ending my life and to be now really grateful every day. And, and uh, even though there's frustrations, you know, I, again, I have three kids, they're, <laughs> they're two or teenagers now. It's like, there are frustrations and my default is actually very blissful and and very whole. So my my intention is just to share because it's helped me like a trusted friend. Like I, I see all of us people, we're all friends. You're all my friends. So as a trusted friend here, try this, <laughs> feel better, right? Yeah. 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 I did. I love the idea of kitchen yoga, simple home practices to transform mind, body, and live. I thought that was a great title. Those are like three minutes. These are that I I wrote that when I had the, my third infant literally on my lap, my toddler watching Sesame Street. I was like, okay, how do I live my practice? It's two minutes. It's three minutes in the bathroom. It's, it's, it's a moment in the kitchen. It's, uh, you know, it's with my kids right here as I'm, you know, engaging and breathing and doing these things. So yeah. So that's really a householder book. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I mean, I, I use it in my energy work, you know, talking about, let's talk about what it, what Tadasana pose is. How do you get yeah. control of your energy? Stand in Tadasana pose, feel that mountain, feel that energy, open up your yeah. arms. So yeah, I agree with you on that. I love that. I'm going to have to check that one out too. Yeah. So where would you like me to direct people to find your work and what are you doing? What are you teaching? You do have a big online presence in your classes. Tell us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm very grateful because I'm doing a lot. Um, I live stream uh, classes, pranayama, meditation, yoga, therapeutic, more vinyasa, all of it. 
from my what I call my Olmstead, Melville Olmstead. You can connect and get into classes. I have um, I try to make all kinds of programs for all different levels and all different price range because I know some friends, you know, they they uh, they may not have um, the the means to practice. So come join me, MelanieSalvatoreAugust.com. I also teach uh, for Deepak Chopra, which is very fun. And I am teaching his new 200 hour teacher training. I'm one of his faculty members, which is a joy. That's awesome. Um, and I have, yeah, it is awesome. And I also have a 300 hour program for yoga teachers with Rachel Scott and Gil Headley. Amazing. Check them out. Um, and then I have my own programs here. You know, I have a yearly Thrive program, which is literally, I work very intimately with a, a group of people. There are 22 of us right now. And we work every week together on these Ayurvedic habits and to shift our mindset and to work intimately. So there's many ways for us to connect. Um, I love hearing about people reading a book and one of my books and like this helped. So, you know, email me. Excellent. It's easy peasy. I'm on Instagram. That's really Facebook, but I, I, you know, I'm not too big on those, but I'm there okay. too. Well, we'll definitely put the links into the show notes and how exciting for that. Yeah. To have the ability to do that online and work from anywhere. And then the connections that you've made. Did I also read you're with INN? You do something for them? Yes. So INN and Chopra are the same. Yeah. INN um, are the, the major uh, company that holds now Chopra Global and Chopra. Yeah. So I was so happy to join the IAN family. I remember um, when they opened, I was in New York at the time. I remember. Yeah. 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 Yes. Do you remember? They're, they're very impressive. And part of teaching for Chopra has been to take all the trainings. So how much fun for me that I get to, you know, I've been just such awesome a great opportunity. time being yeah. a student, uh, feeding it all yeah. in, in there, you know. How wonderful. I have so enjoyed our conversation today. And as I close, I do like to come back to this question. We have kind of answered it, but just to leave an uplifting thought, how do you feel that working with yoga, talking about our immune system and really putting this work out there can help to empower the spirit right now? A simple act or choice of kindness, whether it's to yourself or to others, and I believe yoga and all of what we're talking about is this can change the course of a life. And so it is a simple act of kindness, taking that one second, that pause, being aware. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Yeah. To your spirit. Namaste. Namaste. Yes, a simple act of kindness in your day, a pause. Finding awareness is empowering. There are so many types of yoga and so many ways to apply the teachings to help you show up in wholeness, healthy and alive in your power. As Mel says in her book, it takes courage, power and consistent practice to stop negative thoughts and habits and to unconditionally love yourself. Global consciousness healing starts at home with our own self-love and then moves out in service to others. And she calls that fierce kindness. Check out her work, her books, and her online studio. And if you find yourself in the local area of Birmingham, come join me in my energy yoga classes Tuesdays and Fridays at the Yoga Circle. 
Be inspired in the way in which you show up. Find that power within you. Thanks again for listening. This is your host, Terry Ann Hyman. To your spirit, namaste. Hey, y'all in the Birmingham area, I am having a Reiki weekend. Not attuned yet to Reiki? Come learn on Saturday, October 14th. It's a new moon eclipse. And if you are already attuned but feel you want some practice time, join us on Sunday, October 15th. Links to the weekend will be in the show notes.